Hey there, welcome to Science Fiction. I am Salim Sitterwala, and I'm joined, as always, with my by my friend, with my friend, by my friend and co-host Carly Ames. Carl, how's it going, man? Good evening. How are you doing? I am excellent. I am excited. I am uh, all of the above. You're wearing a bear's hat. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I don't. Know. I couldn't. I couldn't find any other uh, any other uh, hat. I didn't know where I kept them all. I, I, I was cleaning out some stuff the other day. And I I put my hat and hats in something, and I can't remember where I put it. And this is the only stupid hat I could find, so <laughs> it, it'll have to do. <laughs> I'm wearing I'm wearing a Batman shirt though. We're we kind of have the same color scheme. Uh, I don't know what, what do you got going on. This is like shirt? a little greenish um, sort of deal. Um, here. Oh, is it green? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's no, it's the lighting. It's kind of <laughs> making it. It is actually green, but the lighting is making it look more blue. But um, this is one of my favorite characters from My Hero Academia, called Suyu Asui. You may also see her as a cameo appearance right there. She's been there this entire time. Oh, nice. That's the only actual. Well, it's I own two Funko Pops. I only own this one because I don't like Funko Pops at all. But I own this one because this character does not have a lot of merchandise. So this was one that I picked up and then I own a uh, there's a video game called Overwatch and the uh, character's diva has like a little mech that she jumps into that they made a Funko pop of and it actually looks really good and legit and it doesn't look goofy like this thing. So that's it. That's I don't like Funko pop. So, yeah, you know, I never got <laughs> a Funko pop. I, I, I've been nervous that if I get into it, I'll, I'll spend too much money on them. Like I'll keep buying a bunch of them and that i don't need to buy <laughs> yeah people I, I'm, I get surprised when i go to conventions and stuff i mean because there's so so much uh like one there's like a, a million funko pops but then there's such a, a huge uh fan base for them like when i right, go look right. for these toys and all this stuff i have to go through all the funko pop people as well and i'm just like so surprised it's like why would you buy this really cheap ugly thing when you can have something really nice like these and it's not that much of a difference in price but i don't know yeah, people don't are know. probably it, addicted it's it's it is funny because i remember when they first came out this was like a long time ago but i remember going to i can't remember which convention i went to but I went and we were looking at random stuff and they're like, oh, these are, I'm like, hey, what are these? Oh, these are new. They're fun called Funko Pops. I'm like, oh, okay, this seems kind of cheap. These will probably won't last that long. But yeah. apparently they've become like the the uh, a, a certain version of like Beanie Babies or something. They're just yeah. like here to stay. And there's so many different things. Originally, I think they were only for like um, like nerdy things, I feel like. They only had them for like Star Wars, comic books, but then they started expanding a little bit. So like, literally everything on the planet. There's yeah, even yeah. Funko Pops for Coming to America, where you can get like, yeah, like all of the characters from Coming to America, all Eddie Murphy and everyone. I'm like, I should buy those, but I. Uh, yeah. Know. <laughs> I guess like getting unique stuff would be fun. Like like I know they had one not to. Uh, get more into Funko Pops. We're not going to make this show about Funko Pops. We but... can talk about Funko Pops all night. <laughs> but they have like the Jordan one. They have a Michael yeah. Jordan Funko Pop. I was thinking of getting one of those this because it's kind of cool. But uh, anyways, uh, enough enough of Funko Pops. Let, let's get on <laughs> with our show here. We have a lot to talk about and a lot of interesting uh, things that I think 
that could really set up phase four in general. There's a lot of, you know, little tidbits and Easter eggs and clues that we have that will really develop what phase four and even phase going into phase five and who knows when some of these movies and show uh, things will come out. But we'll, we'll start off with uh, Spider-Man. No Way mm-hmm. Home dropped their brand new trailer. They had um, really exciting stuff. I, lo- I love the trailer. I was like, I was so mad that I had to wait the entire day to watch it. But, you know, w- when I finally saw it, I, I was, I really loved it. So just in case if anyone hasn't checked it out yet, we'll play the trailer really quick here. Ever since I got bit by that spider, I've only had one week where my life has felt normal. That was when you found out. When you botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. We started getting some visitors. from every universe. Hello, Peter. You're not Peter Parker. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Dr. Otto Octavius. (laughs) Wait, no, seriously, what's your actual name? There are others out there. We need to send them back. So, Scooby-Doo this crap. You know, all this is kind of your mess. I know a couple of magic words myself, starting with the word please. Please, Scooby-Doo this crap. You're flying out into the darkness to fight ghosts. What do you mean? They all die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah, me too. Don't. Look, there has to be another way. There isn't. There are dangers to our universe. You're not gonna take this away from me. Peter. You're struggling. Everything you want while the world tries to make you choose. This is all my fault. I can't save everyone. They're starting to come through, and I can't stop them. December 17th, exclusively at movie theaters. Tickets on sale November 29th. Spider Monday. Spider Monday. I will not be buying my tickets November 29th, but I will buy them. I'll probably watch it Thursday night. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'll buy them that first day. They, they always they always have tickets. Like mm-hmm. I'll, feel, I'll feel like all the time they have these big special days. Get it now or 
you won't have tickets and then movie theaters open up like five more theaters for the show so, yeah. <laughs> so it works out <laughs> it works out anyways but yeah so let, let's get into it so what are your thoughts on the trailer um good it's pretty good there's definitely a lot going on um compared to the the last trailer um a lot of things that we can finally confirm uh that the lizard is there we we know he is there we we see hard body the lizard there and uh as well as sandman yeah yeah we we were like is it a claw swipe before or is that a uh we don't but yeah he's there we can definitely see the sandman we don't have to worry about uh deciphering any more posters anymore at least that much and um yeah and in the very least four definitive characters uh, villains in this movie uh debatable if there's five or six or more than that and then what else is going on a lot uh yeah they have a bunch of stuff as far as uh the different villains i think we're we they had two um looks like green goblins if you will i know we have the one still of the uh when he's it's at night so that's still right there um, mm-hmm. I think originally I was confused by it. I thought maybe it was that is that um Harry Osborne? Yeah, but so I, I got but, I got like uh, uh, a couple theories on this, at least things that um you know it could be, right? So well, let me just let me just say yeah, so I, I, you, you, I think it was it is just Norman. Um I think that's what they said that it just it's it's such it's it's a bad clip, it's just Norman because he gets his uh, original glider gets destroyed or something, and then um, he go gets another one or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So I, I and I can go with that. Um, there's there's a couple things that at least uh, I mean, especially if anyone's it's been a long time since anyone's actually watched the old Spider-Man movies. So right. yes, this could totally be. Norman and he just doesn't have a hood on or the mask on and he's like wearing sunglasses because he does have different tools and gadgets and stuff that were you know they'll slice up and you know like sharp like razors and they look kind of like this um and they can cut up spider-man and he used those in various movies so that's theory one probably the most valid but also could be Harry Osborne uh, which, if you don't remember the end of um, Spider-Man 3, the Sam Raimi trilogy, the Tobey Maguire trilogy, uh, Harry became Green Goblin. And his right. costume, he didn't have a big uh, helmet or mask or anything like that. Um, actually, I, I remember that much. I actually don't remember picture perfect exactly what he looked like. But he had a very uh, still high-tech look, but it was more... It was less looking like a goblin, but more looking kind of like this. Um, and then there is the Andrew Garfield, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. There was also Harry Osborn as Green Goblin, and he also did not have on a big old goblin mask and all of that stuff. Um, and he wore, you know, had all this tech uh, um, stuff like that. So possibly that harry osborne and then me just kind of like throwing something out there what if this is none of them and 
this is just a, a trailer shenanigan just to throw us off or thinking it's assuming that oh it's a goblin or it's norman what if it's actually an entirely new character and that it's because right now again we're we're, we're feeling sinister six right well we have green goblin doc ock we have sandman we have electro and we have the lizard i so think i know six, where you're going with this a six <laughs> character could actually be hobgoblin Right. But they change the color because, like, usually his colors are like a orangish type of thing. But they right. just change the color of these uh, gadgets to make them green to throw us off. I think that's just kind of a possibility. I'm not saying it's for sure that, but what if? What if that's actually someone else entirely? Yeah, it's interesting. I think I would be surprised if it was Hobgoblin. I mean, I guess the the trailer. Um, I don't know if they would show a brand new character there just randomly like it's that like, I feel like three frames <laughs> so yeah, yeah like i don't know if they would do that because hobgoblin's a pretty big villain like mm -hmm. in the in the spider universe spidey verse if you will um so it'd be kind of like random that they have him because because they never they've never introduced him in any of the spider-man movies or even mentioned and talked about him or any sort of way um so that would be interesting if they went there I think I'm just gonna assume that it is um, Norman Osborn, and like like I said, he probably uses like Stark technology, steals something from Stark, and rebuilds his glider. Um, if you, I forgot to have the the picture frame, but it looks like Otto does the same thing too because his his um, like tentacles they look very much like Iron Man. Mm -hmm. like built like you know in that in the in the clip when he's uh when he's grabbing uh peter he's like you're not peter and like those the 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 his his tentacles look like very much like they could be uh nanotech or something like that, that so like what's what's happening there is actually because you see he's holding spider-man like a wall he's actually right. stealing the nanites from his costume and oh, simulating yeah. him into his arms at that I moment. Know. I missed that. I missed that. Yeah. So, so yeah, right there. So he's actually taking it right off of them. Cause this suit right here, I was going to say, Spider-Man has like a thousand suits in this movie. Right. This is right. the infinity war suit that Iron Man gave him. So Doc Ock is actually taking the nanites in that suit right off of him and right. upgrading his own arms. And then eventually we see, like the black suit with the gold trim. We see the advanced suit, which is the suit he had at the end of Far From Home. We right. also see uh, another kind of suit that looks kind of like this, but has gold instead of a golden uh, uh, spider instead of a blue one that's later in the movie. And then uh, I think there's another suit after that. There's like a thousand suits, but for sure... Um, he's actually stealing those nanites so uh he won't be having that suit going forward i guess but he'll have the i think it's called the integrated suit is the one with the golden uh spider on there uh, um there's like a million yeah. toys already about this stuff but yeah that's right he's right. definitely stealing some tech there right so that that's that's an interesting part to to think about it could just be like that where um norman osborne does the same thing uh obviously both are scientists so they know how to build their own stuff because that's what they've done that's how they've gotten these things because they built them themselves so mm -hmm. um 
but yeah, so going on, moving on to the next part of this trailer, where we look at the end, uh, there's a, like a still frame where uh, it looks like Tom Holland's Peter uh, Spider-Man is going and fighting three of the other villains uh, that we haven't talked about yet. Electro, the li- well, we mentioned the Lizard, and then the Sandman. By the way, Electro looks badass. He Much looks better. Exactly, he looks like what he should look like, at least. Like obviously, better, not better. as car- well better. I think. I yeah. think. I think it's good because, like, I, otherwise, if you make him look like the comic book, it'll look too cartoony to me. So I think he looks good, especially when you look at. There's like a. There's a still frame uh, of of him again, where where his head kind of shapes out, like you know, in the comic, where his where the where his when he with the mask that he wears. Uh, mm-hmm. with, with uh with the bolts showing like kind of forming that you know star bolts uh, on top and the sides so I think it looks cool I, I like I like the way he looks in here but anyways where I'm where I'm getting at with this still is supposedly that Sony edited out Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield spider-man uh because that's what this still is supposed to be the three of them are going up against these three guys they're attacking them um, what are you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely think there's some funny angles of approach, especially like uh, the lizard down there um, in Electro. I mean, just like Spider-Man is directly in the middle, right there, like 100% middle. But then the other ones are just a little off. Um, they don't necessarily look like they're lunging at him directly. So. Yeah, maybe. Like, I would say maybe Toby Maguire's at the bottom and um, uh, Andrew Garfield's at the top. That that would be my guess. But, um, yeah, it's, it's certainly a possibility. There could be even more villains in this shot, too. Because, I mean, if we go back, again, Doc Ock is in this movie and uh, Green right. Goblin is in this movie. Where are they at now? Like, uh, yeah, certainly, right. certainly there's that. Uh, there's also that part where... Uh, that goblin bomb is being thrown and uh, Peter's like diving at it. So that definitely screams like a one-on-one confrontation where there's probably something really personal going on uh, between green goblin and, and Tom Holland or Spider-Man, or maybe, maybe even Andrew Gar or Tobey Maguire and so on. But um, who knows what exactly going to happen? Cause the whole thing is like, um, Doctor Strange said, hey, when you mess up that spell, all of these uh, people started coming through. And the idea is that, okay, Peter said, you know, we'll fix this. But, you know, they are only they're pissed at you because they died in facing Spider-Man before uh, in these alternate realities. And this Peter doesn't want to kill them. All right. He doesn't want to send them back to their grave or he doesn't want to kill them now. So that's him dealing with all of these villains at the end of the movie. Cause they all, they all know that if they go back, they're going to die. So they're fighting Spider-Man so that they don't die. Right. Yeah. And I think that's that, that true to the character who Spider-Man is. He doesn't want anyone to die. Like, even if you're, uh, you know, the biggest villain in the whole world, he still wants you to live. He does not have you know that's his oath. That is that's his moral compass. Um, so yeah, that's. I think, like I said, I think more than likely, I'll still be surprised if Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are not in this movie. I don't know when they'll show up. 
I don't know if they're supposed to be only in like half the movie or the last like 30 minutes. Um, like when he's talking, I don't like, I don't know when that scene exactly is when they're on, you know, on the top of, it looks like the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's saying like, I can't hold them back anymore. I don't know if that's supposed to be like in the end, in the right, middle, yeah. Yeah. who knows when that scene is. And maybe that's when they come at, through. Um, but I'll be surprised, like I said, if those guys are not in it, it wouldn't make sense. And the other thing I was thinking, I, I think maybe Mysterio isn't dead yet and he'll be the six. Cause I know Sony eventually yeah. wants to do the sinister six. So I think those guys will be the six, um, characters. I did want to add something. I remember back when not related to this, kind of related to this movie, but, uh, going back to talk about the post credit scene in Venom to, uh, let there be carnage. So I remember when I said that he, uh, Venom, like when he licked the screen, he's like that guy. So here's my theory when I'm connecting to this. Like, so all these other universes, Spider-Man villains are coming through, right? They they all exist. So that means that Venom does, that Venom does exist. And I remember he says in the end of, in that in that post credit scene, the hive mind. I have memory. I, I know memories. I have information from symbiotes all across different universes. So that's how he knows Spider Man. He doesn't know Tom Holland. He just sees the Spider Man symbol. He's like that guy because there's another symbiote in another universe that fought a a Spider Man looking guy too. So that's how he knows him. That's my mm-hmm. my theory. That's dead know. on. That is dead on. Like, there's no, there's no, like, I don't know, man. That's dead on. <laughs> You're not taking this from me, Carl. <laughs> I don't want to, but I mean, we have to add to the conversation. <laughs> that's that's um, logical. That's logical. That's completely logical to me. Well, the thing is, like, that would work if he would, uh, if the symbiotes, all symbiotes, Symbiote? Symbiotes? Symbiotes. Uh, symbiotes are um, not only communicating through uh, alternate realities, but also time. Because if time is linear and like everything's happening at the same time, then they wouldn't know. Um, like Spider Man is happening at the same time in each universe, like unless there was past Spider Man or something like that. Well, I take it. Um, yeah. I take it as like it's just all the information collected from every. Even if the symbiotes are dead, like that information still is kept. Like you learn it as the other symbiotes learn it, and then it's just like everyone does. It's it goes. It's all just information that stays gathers, and every they all can channel that information whenever they want. Yeah, what I mean is like if Spider Man existed in two thousand. And then the symbiotes also existed in 2000. Then, how would, like, if in an alternate reality, they would be able to tell the other symbiotes about it if it's happening at the same time to all of them, is what I mean. Sort of, sort, sort of, sort of deal. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I just think, I just think that makes a lot of sense because I, I feel like that, that end wasn't like, it, it, like I said, it went in Carnage, um, the post credit scene. But I'm like Maxim Carpenter's guy. Seen like it's not just a random throwaway line. Like there, he definitely knows him somehow. Like something about him, like made him like I know. So I know this thing. 
this character, this person, or whatever. So that that was interesting to me. But I, I, anyways, like I said, I think you know I'm I'm very excited about this movie. I'm th- this is I'm like chomping at the bits to watch this because <laughs> Spider Man is my all time favorite uh, character. He is like he's just the best. Um, like he's he's the first comic book I started reading, and then obviously I, I started branching out to other stuff. But he's he's like to me he's he's very much like that, like the real real like as real as you can get as a superhero. Like obviously there's spider powers, so that's not real. But like he mm-hmm. goes through like the regular, mm-hmm. he goes through well, <laughs> he goes through like your your everyday struggles, right? Yeah, like the you and me struggles, like paying bills, like you know the the obligation, the the moral dilemmas that he has, like every day he faces, but. Um, that that's why, like, I felt always felt like, man, he's like the most like normal superhero that there is, uh, in my opinion. But quick anyways, tangent. Well, just a quick tangent. Oh, sure, go ahead. Speaking about Spider-Man being real, a long time ago, this is probably before the Tobey Maguire or the uh, Andrew Garfield movies, or maybe right around the time, the History Channel had a, I believe, it was a four-part series on. Could someone actually be Spider-Man in real life? Like, could is it realistic for someone to actually gain Spider-Man's powers? And they went through and analyzed every single ability that Spider-Man has, how it, you know, how it is in comic books, and how it was in the Sam Raimi trilogy, and whether or not it was actually realistic for someone to be able to do those things through a spider bite or all of that. And I'm not going to, you know, again, it was like a four part series. It was on history channel and I believe it's on YouTube. So if you have not seen it before, give it a, give it a shot, take a look. It was actually super fun. Cause I'm a nerd and I like science and stuff. Um, boom, we got it right there. Um, so they explored both sides of it. Radioactive spider bite versus how it was. And cause that's the comics. And then in the, Sam Raimi movies, it was a uh, genetically enhanced modified right. spider. So there's two different things. So like, long story short on that part, a radioactive spider bite, they can't hold en- enough radiation to even affect you at all because they're so small. It just wouldn't work. But a genetically modified spider is possible. Will it transfer you powers? You should watch the whole rest of the thing for it. Um, but it's really, it's super cool. Like, I was just nerding out watching that whole thing, and I'd love to I watch never, it again. Yeah, I'll watch that. I never heard of that, so I'm definitely going to check that out. So that's that's interesting. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on now uh, to our part two of our show is we both watch The Eternals. Um, mm-hmm. we, ha- we have thoughts on The Eternals, and there's a lot of things that happen in this movie that I think is going to be really important for the next phase of, or this phase and beyond for what MCU wants to do. So just to start out, what was your thoughts on the movie in general, just as like a critical review? Um, just in general, just a real quick, um, my favorite character is Makari. I absolutely love her. She was amazing. She's the deaf one, the speedster. Right um she was just really cool like just super cool um overall the group itself i thought was just okay um i wasn't 
super into them, nor was I against them. And I wasn't super into the movie, nor was I against it. But the ending was really awesome. And But we'll get to that later. Um, overall, the movie was a little slow-paced. Um, had a lot of really great shots. I would have loved to have seen this movie in uh, IMAX, especially looking at Erisham and, um, and Tiamat, or Tiamut and um, all of the other stuff going on. It would have been spectacular um, in an IMAX, but it wouldn't make the movie better, just make it visually better. Overall, the acting I thought was pretty decent. Um, the plot was okay. Um, and there's a lot of things that I think could have been better, um, could have been more interesting um and so on but uh yeah it's just an okay movie maybe like a two and a half out of five um i guess that's a five out of ten or something like that i i just don't i don't feel it's the worst marvel movie because i have heard that from a lot of people but it's definitely not it's definitely not the best i would say that yeah i'm not far off from you i liked it but like i, I would give it like a three um i, I thought it, it certainly not as like I said, you're not as bad as a lot of people are saying. A lot of critics said it was, you know, I thought it was generally different than the normal MCU movies have been. Um, a, a little darker and maybe a little edgier than your normal MCU movie, I think. Um, especially when you're talking about, like, you know, an origin movie. Most of them have been pretty, like, light in a sense. This was a little more, you know, uh, darker. And they, they went beyond your normal like Disney MCU stuff. So, you know, that I like that, you know, I, I thought, I, I think this movie obviously is going to be very uh, integral to a lot of the next, like I've been saying the next phases. I think the one criticism I would have about this movie is like, there's like, well, like 10 Eternals in here. Right. Um, it's kind of like huh. it, 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 the, the issue I guess I would have is, there's show eight in this still. I mean, there's yeah, like, then it's Druig and um, because he's on that picture, right? And then, um, yeah, but I guess the only criticism I was like, it's hard to develop characters when you have so many things going on, and they were trying to they were trying to show the personalities of each character, but it seemed forced at times, and um, I personally thought the whole like. Uh, I thought part of like the whole um, Kingo thing when when he's doing like the whole Bollywood stuff. The whole Bollywood kinda, stuff. I thought it was kind of cringy, in my opinion. But really, I thought it was fun. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I just thought I was like, oh, okay, it's fine. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I mean, I, I appreciate that. You know, him bringing. Did you like his like whole family line, lineage thing where he's yeah. like? Well, that's his... the character in the in the in the comics. That's what. Like obviously he's they do Bollywood here, but in the comics he's an actor, and then like they show in the comics they show like you know he's had the lineage, it's always him, but he pretends like you know it's my this is my great grandfather, great great grandfather, or whatever. So yeah, it, that was funny. That was pretty cool. Um, I yeah. So th those are my general thoughts on the movie. I thought it was solid, and I think like I said, I liked. I liked a lot of the stuff that this sets up for the for the future movies, um, and and and, let, and let's get into that. So, 
there's going to be spoiler alert uh, here um, because we're going to talk about the ending of the movie and the two post credit scenes uh, that are very important. Um, and, and like I said, setting up what happens, especially the ending is also important on setting up what happens. So the first with uh, Tiamat, um, who has been permanently changed, the landscape of Earth, they, they froze him. Um, and, and that's, he's just going to be there. And they talked about like in data on news, there's these things happened and this guy's just there. And obviously that's implications because he's supposed to like, we find out like, you know, celestial is supposed to be born. And then obviously that planet dies, but then that celestial goes on to create other worlds and life. Um, mm -hmm. What have you learned about like this part and his character? And because I know you were pretty intrigued about uh, this aspect overall. Um, in general, this is just, I love this imagery um, in general, just it's beautiful to me. Just seeing all of that um, celestial just coming out of earth and it's rock, like rock solid, but it's a permanent change to earth. Like this is, it's there. You go to the Indian ocean and you're going to see Tiamat's face and hand coming out of the earth. And you could probably, I'm 100% sure you can see that from space. I mean, this picture is practically from space. And I, I feel like there's even so much more that's going to, like, there, there's no way you can just brush this aside in the future movies, that, whether they're Eternals or not. Like, the next Marvel movie, Avengers movie or something, like, it has to be addressed. Where were the Avengers when Tiamat's face was coming out of the Earth? Like, they have to say something in regards to that. Where were the Avengers when our planet nearly cracked in half and all 7 billion people almost died and and so on? And just even even then, like, uh, that's the funny thing about it is, um, you know, we, not we, but they, um, were about to have the celestial come out of the ground and, and destroy the Earth if it wasn't for Thanos who snapped and killed, you know, half of the population because that delayed this by what I, I believe is, they said it was like a week. So I, I don't think the, the visuals of the movie line up for that perfectly because like you can see, um, everything's recovered. Everyone's back at their jobs. And, you know, if you watch in game, Earth is like post-apocalyptic and, and just right. nasty, right? And then everyone comes back. I don't think they can clean up Earth in a week and everything is just running smoothly again. So the way the that part is shot in the, in the movie just doesn't really line up. But regardless, he still delayed it by uh, snapping half of the pop population. And once they came back, then population boomed and we, uh, Tiamat is able to um, start coming out but there has to be some sort of way that that is addressed by the rest of the marvel universe outside of the eternals and i think that's going to be interesting going forward also the potential because you think about like nowhere which is the head of a celestial a dead celestial right that they converted in you know and it's not just a bar but like they mined it for resources and stuff we have a celestial coming out of the ground now and it'd be crazy to think that humans wouldn't try to mess with it and to try to you know get some rock out of it or try to dig into it and see if they can't get some 
resources out of it or turn it into a, 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 a theme park or something like that. Like they're going to be some greedy person trying to make money off of this. Yeah. So I, I think, I mean, aren't the Avengers this, this, uh, dismantled essentially? I know like the, they're game. not really. I mean, if you think about like, I guess the end game. Um, was... Yeah, like in game, oh, they're, they're, they're not like they don't have the facility anymore, but they still are in communication with each other. That's like Shang Chi, at the end of that, we had Cap- Captain Marvel and, and Hulk talking with Wong and Shang Chi. Like That's they're true. still, you know, communicating. They still have facilities, and even uh, which we'll get to later, the teaser with uh, She Hulk. Hulk has his own facility. And it's not, it's you know, it's not Avengers related. That's true. That's true. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, I always say like, I, I, I guess you can argue that for all the movies. Like, where are, where is um all these other characters when in the Thor Dark World, London's like falling apart? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can make that argument. Like, I, the the thing that I always say, like, even in the comics, it's like they all have their own battles that they're going through. So that's why they can't be at every spot. Because there's true, right? It's like there's always chaos happening all over the world. So, and each character is going through their own thing. That's why when they talk about you know when Thor was not with them in uh, which which part which one was it? He was not in um, Civil War. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously he's off somewhere uh, because of the visions that he had in Ultron. And he's going on doing his thing, and then that's why they show in Thor three, like he was he was trying to collect, you know, to end not to make sure Ragnarok doesn't happen or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's just something like that. It's just like you know they were probably just having their own conflicts that they were taking care of, and that's why they did they didn't intervene here. True. Well, which is it's not so much that they needed to intervene because even in those situations, if it's like a flash in the pot. You know, how could they get there? But, oh, it was already taken care of, right? These guys handle it. Okay, we found that out afterward. But this is a case where, yes, it was taken care of by the Eternals. Not that they knew that or know who the Eternals are. For that's a whole nother thing. They don't even know them. But right. secondly... They don't know what Celestials a, are either. They don't know anything about Celestials. And this thing is stuck coming out of planet Earth. And if they right. hadn't... Like, if it had gone any further, like, technically, like, really, that's more than enough to crack the planet open. If you really look at the size of a celestial and you know that much of his head and hand are coming out of Earth, that's that's plenty enough. Like, we just go ahead and say that it didn't happen. But for what it's worth, it's still uh, something that is a permanent change to the landscape of Earth. Why didn't you guys stop this? And who stopped? Who stopped this? And why weren't you guys there? And put it back. Like that's like we can't right. do anything with this. Or unless somebody, like I said, is going to try to come along and try to make money off of it. Right, right, right. So in the end, we do see. Um, obviously, they they that's the end result. They were able to stop it, and then Icarus supposedly kills himself going to the sun. That's like obviously the the. The play on the myth of Icarus, the Greek mythology, mm-hmm. um, because they, they they talk about that in the movie where um, Sprite makes up that story about Icarus based off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Do you think he's actually that? I don't think he's dead. I, I like. I feel like he's. Probably um, just... I think he's dead, but at the same time, the whole thing is that they have their memories and that um, that memory wall. I forget the name of what it was called, but right, right. The memories are downloaded, and uh, we haven't actually said it that these Eternals are very different from the comic version. That they're right. essentially robots. So. Right. Um, they can easily like Arishim, like I wouldn't say easily because I don't think they actually. Well, I don't think they actually said that they would get new bodies, but I would assume that they would. Uh, but I think they implied that if, like, say, say Tiamat actually came out and destroyed planet Earth, the Eternals would either be destroyed and get their bodies and their memories, you know, uploaded and get new bodies and then start that process again, or that it would be a kind of situation like the, the hive mind that they had or whatever, but the, the celestial would protect them. Everyone else get destroyed and then they move on uh, with the celestial. And then until they get their other assignments, something of that matter, either way, it's still possible for, um, um, I can't even think of his name. What's Icarus. his name again? Icarus, Icarus to come back. Um, but I had kind of read somewhere that Ajak, the, the leader, Selma Hayek, that she doesn't have that ability to come back and that she is not going to. I'm not 100% sure on that one, but um, I'm actually, I'm, I was telling uh, my mother going into the movie that I'd be surprised if. Soma Hayek and Angelina Jolie actually do multiple movies because they're a little high profile and I highly doubt that they will want to do multiple Marvel movies. But in, I guess if that's the case for Ajax, then yeah, that's, she's not coming back, but Thena's still alive and she's still as presumably will be in the next uh, Eternals movies. Right. Right. Well, she's because obviously she's in the post credit scene, mm -hmm. uh, but the ending was very interesting, obviously. Uh, so Arisham, we've, we've mentioned his name uh, multiple times. Um, and like kind of a background to who he is in the comics. So Arisham is the leader of, of all four celestial hosts. Um, he's kind of in charge of, he's his known as Arisham, a.k.a. Arisham the Judge. So he's in charge of judging like the worthiness of civilizations. The destinations he uh, he so they show him after the fact that the, they they stop Tiamat from um, the emergence essentially they stop the emergence so they come back and like you see Sergi frozen as as Dane Whitman is about to tell her something uh, she's frozen and then she, all of a sudden you see all the three uh, Eternals that were left on Earth. The ones that didn't go off to warn warn the other Eternals, which we'll, again we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, they're they're all kind of you know gathered up together, and he says, uh, based off your memories, I'm going to judge to see if the humans should be saved. Um, and I, I'm just assuming he takes them to like the World Forge, where they're like their and, and that's like their home or whatever. Um, where uh, I think that's Home Forge's World Forge is that memory. That's the thing. That's what the memory place is called. Maybe, if yeah. If I'm if I'm correct or not, 
Um, but yeah, so I think he probably takes them back there and then he's going to study their memories and probably at that point. And I'm wondering if that's going to be like the their Avengers like end game type of thing where it's going to be built up to that. And then in the end, it's going to be like the Celestials coming back and they're going to try to destroy Earth. And then obviously definitely stop death to stop them. But uh, yeah, what is what are your thoughts on on that? Like how you saw that happening, and and in general, how, how what are your um, what are you thinking that it entails, or like what hints it could you know have provided us? Uh, so my working theory, of course, working still is that um, so he's planting all these seeds to create more celestials why why does he need why do you why is there a need for more celestials um there has to be a reason because i mean they're as powerful as they are it's not like they need to it's not that they need to procreate and it's not uh that they're actually creating life because if they were then they wouldn't be putting more celestials to destroy life you know sacrificing the humans or whatever intelligent life there is on whatever planet is that the whole purpose is to make more celestials. So they're building up an army or building up their ranks, I should say, building up their numbers, but for what? And I wonder if there is some sort of threat out there that they feel that they need to have more celestials for, um, to fight against. So that could be a number of things, um, like the aspirants, which is, they're celestial-like beings. They're very much the opposite of celestials, but they're pretty much the same thing. Um, kind of a, a deep dive to go into on a quick tangent right here, but um, they just basically are in conflict with aspirants, so it could be that. Um, I was also thinking the possibility of Galactus, and I don't 100% know if Galactus is at the same level, higher or lower, than celestials but he's definitely capable of many great things and is incredibly powerful and can pretty much do whatever he wants and he operates specifically to consume planets as his role which limits the amount of celestials because if he were to consume a planet and there was celestial energies on the inside he would consume that so there wouldn't be more celestials being made so he's kind of an enemy in that regard but you know he's he's fulfilling a specific role so it's not like uh when people think of galactus as a villain he's not actually a villain he's just uh he's just fulfilling his role but i think that is a possibility that galactus is uh, you know involved in this or the aspirants or maybe something else entirely but I think this could be like, like you said, like an in-game Infinity War sort of thing where they're building up to um, a big fight with a lot of cosmic powers, a lot of cosmic beings at the end. Right, yeah. That's what they're looking like to do in, in, in these phases to, to get to that point where it's going to be focused on the cosmos a lot more. So that that's going to be interesting. One thing I do want to mention this that does um, that's important for the futures of like, especially when we were talking about mutants. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing with the introduction of celestials and the comics, when the celestials first come here, they create, they do three things. They create eternals. They create deviants 
and then they add the X-Men mutant X gene into humans. So what this, I think what basically, when remember in WandaVision Vision when we were talking about that, and I was like, you know what, I think they're hinting towards Wanda being a mutant. Because mm-hmm. when she's a child, she somehow stops the uh, nuke from going off, the Stark nuke from going off with her powers. And they always kind of hinted, well, she always had these powers. She wasn't given, the powers weren't given to her by Hydra. She always had them, and that's why she was able to withstand the infinity stone and all these different things so i think basically celestial is that what mcu is going to do with it because it makes sense and in the comics um the mutant genes is given by celestials and that's one of the ways you can just be like look look, these mutants are always here they're part of this universe they're not they're originally maybe we thought you know when when they start doing like especially in 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 Spider-Man when they were showing all these universes opening up and that's how mutants are going to come, but they're not. Earth Mutants exist within MCU already. And they've existed since 7,000 years when Celestials put Deviants and, or not 7,000 years, like however old Earth is, uh, they, when they put Deviants on Earth and then when humans came and then when Eternals came, they put the mutant gene within humans and i think that's what they'll show eventually in my opinion i hope so i think so that <laughs> makes that makes sense because like i said that i mean obviously obviously mcu does you know do their own thing a lot of the times they don't go exactly by the comics and like you said the eternals and the movie are different from the eternals in the comics so the eternals in the comics are not like they're human but they're just humans with extraordinary powers. Like, mm-hmm. they've been given extraordinary powers by the Celestials. Um, but obviously, in here, they show them being more like android, humanoid things. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I think that's my that's that's what essentially is. This, the mutant X gene was given to humans when the Eternals and the Deviants and Celestials came to Earth by the slushes so that's my theory on that but we'll, we'll move on to the first post credit scene that that shows uh makari druig and thena as they're searching for the other eternals like they show them leaving um to find other eternals to warn them like hey you're being tricked you're being set up you know your mission isn't what you think it is that's what they're trying to do and obviously um they get to a point where it's like we're not finding any eternals like everyone's missing what's going on um and then that's when we see eros is introduced and he tells them that he can help get back the other three eternals that were taken by erisham um so let's talk about eros and what the implication is for that obviously eros is um it's funny. I think it's funny they got Harry Styles for him because it kind of fitting. I think. Yeah, I think it works so much. Like in the very least, he has the exact same jawline as. Jawline, uh, and just uh, like just just like the the whole Harry Styles, like he's like a you know a ladies man, and he's yeah, a very carefree person. Like uh, who he is, like as his persona, his real life persona. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like we're getting Robert. I mean, obviously Robert Downey Jr. You know, made Tony Stark a little bit more 
um, the arrogant and things like that than than he was in the comics. But but it's kind of like you know the, 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 when you cast a character, I think he's gonna nail arrows. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I think it's Star Fox slash Star Fox. So let, let's talk about arrows. Like um, whatever you what what do you know of him from the comics? Just so people have a kind of a background on him. Honestly, I've never read a single comic book with Eros in it, but I know uh, one thing that he is infamous for, as we, we kind of talked about just a second ago, is that he's, um, I wouldn't call him a ladies' man, but that's his power, is that um, he has the, and that could be misspeaking uh, his, his exact power, but he has the ability to seduce uh, women or possibly anyone. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, but um, he does abuse that ability. Oh, does he? Uh, and, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, that is not. Yeah, that <laughs> that that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm surprised that they're even using him. And I, I I wonder if they're actually going to change his powers around a little bit because it is there's 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 like say um, for example Hank Pym. Like one of the reasons, at least personally, why I think that they aren't making Hank Pym a big uh, character, like he wasn't an original Avenger or anything like that, is because of his troubled comic book history, where he uh, physically, like he slapped the Wasp. Like right. he has anger issues, and he he physically assaulted the Wasp, and that's one of his character uh, things in his character's history that he's never been ever to uh, get rid of or people ever to let go of. So I think they didn't make him a big deal and they put Scott Lang in that role because of that, because Hank Pym is definitely a founding member of the Avengers and should have been on the Avengers team with Wasp and so on. But I think they skipped over for that reason. That's just my personal theory with arrows. He's had this with, uh, again, not physically, but I don't want to say the words, but they sound like ape with with uh, female superheroes and other um, you know people in the Marvel universe, and it's not been a positive thing that people remember him of. It's oh, like okay. that's the that's the notable thing for Eros is that, and he has slept with. I think he slept with like She Hulk. And some other, uh, and I don't know if that was consensual or not, but it, that's his power, right? Um, he makes women want him. So I think they probably should change those powers around just probably. a bit, just to rework it and make it a little bit more. Because you know, the last thing you want is to sell toys to kids for somebody like that. So I think they would probably change that around. Right. So I was looking at his abilities. I didn't know, like, he... I, I know who he is. Like, I've heard of him. I know he's bro- Thanos' brother. Yeah. He's not like Thanos. Like, he's not power-hungry. He's not no. like a mad... Like, you know, wants to... In the comics, Thanos is very power-hungry. He wants to take over worlds and stuff like that. He's... Uh, Eros is the opposite of that. He's They show him, like, supposedly as a carefree person that just wants to party and have fun. Mm-hmm. type of character his abilities are like I, I i can see them getting rid of that part of it like this because he does have superhuman strength agility durability longevity i guess durability longevity could go hand in hand but mm-hmm. uh, he can he can fly and i know he does have psychic ability but i didn't know it was like 
he uses that psychic ability to control women to do mm-hmm. things um so forth so yeah yeah i'm a, i'm imagining instead of the psychic ability to maybe just have him they picked a guy like harry styles because harry styles just like you know naturally charismatic person so like let's just get that so instead of making him psychic we'll make him just a charismatic person that's how he gets women because he's right right yeah it makes more sense that way yeah, and then that so, way it won't be necessarily abused and you don't have to um force yourself into that kind of thing like with with any a character because that could be really problematic for that like if anybody hates the marvel universe and they want it all to end and you know <laughs> this would be the way if right. they went ahead and made it well, true to comic right. books which would be really poor right and, and that's why mcu went away from mandarin uh the right it's a very racist character let's just that's just factual it's mm-hmm. it's a racist character in the comic book so they that's why they change it and they kind of obviously they talk about it you know in the movie that they, they address the racism like oh they they had me um portrayed even called me the mandarin like you know like kind of like you know mocking not mocking it but like kind of saying yeah that's bad you know because mm-hmm. it is so that's yeah mcu definitely i think they're more cognizant of these things so they definitely don't stay that's why a lot of times they don't stay too true to the comic books because a lot of these comics were written in really like old times where just the you know people didn't have these i'm not to excuse the timing i just like people right. just had you know bad and like didn't have the proper intentions of um when they were writing these characters but yeah so that that's heroes and then they do have pip the uh the troll that's played by Patton oswald um so he was he first gets introduced in strange tales volume two i think issue number 179 and the comics as a foil to adam warlock so i wonder if i wonder if there'll be relations with that as uh, related to that as well and and MCU because I know we where Adam Warlock is going to be in Guardians two, uh, sorry not Guardians two Guardians three. He was teased in Gar- End of Guardians two, um, and he pay- he basically he became in the comics he became like physically and psychologically mutated into like uh, into like this morally degenerate stunted like satire form known as a troll. So that's how he becomes like that's not how the, he that he never looked like that originally. I don't know. I didn't know a lot about him. But I know like he looked different uh, in the in, in the beginning. So, um, but yeah, he, he he the reason he turns into that is like like I think he drinks some kind of like um, hallucinogenic ale that kind of mutates him into looking like that. So. Yeah, he's he's uh he's a he's a funny character. I think that it's an interesting because he's obviously he's connected to Eros. He's like his little um, what do what do you what do you call that? He's um Jester type of thing. Yeah, he's kind of like the um because he's really just he's just a joke character for for yeah, what it's yeah. worth. Like he, it's not like he's gonna have major plot development or do anything significant. I mean, maybe he'll have a like a significant role, like Howard the Duck or something like that, where he does something uh, to help out, but he won't be uh, any sort of pivotal 
thing like that. I mean, like, I just think it's funny that um, Patton Oswald is now he, he already is a character, technically multiple characters and agents of shield, right. which whether or not you think that's canon to MCU or not, I mean, you can call it a, another timeline, but he's already on that show or was on that show. And now he's, uh, also, uh, voicing Modok and the current right. Modok animated series, and now he's Pip the Troll. So he's just getting around in Marvel, and I, you know, I I don't mind it at all. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I was just again like I think most people associate Pip the Troll, which personally, uh, again, like with Adam Warlock and stuff like that. But just reading the Infinity Gauntlet uh, storyline and all of those sorts of stories, where he just pops around, and he's in and out again. He's very much a joke character, nothing to take terribly serious. Right, yeah. So he he's gonna be kind of like probably like this, yeah, the sidekick to Eros. Um, that's how he introduced him. So he his he does have uh possesses a space gem. Um, so that essentially he gives access to like immense amount of powers, but he doesn't he doesn't really use those powers. All he does is to transport and to teleport himself and he can only do teleportation if he to a place that he know knows like i think that he's been there i think uh to my knowledge so that's that's why he obviously is, he knows of probably the uh what, what's the spaceship called again and the eternal spaceship remember but it's that, that it's that triangle like thing i forget what the name of it is yeah the name but yeah that's why I, i'm assuming he's been there that's why he because he teleports himself and Eros into that spaceship. That's how we inter- introduce him. So um, obviously getting uh, into that scene, he, he's that's how they introduce him. So it'll be interesting. Um, I'm assuming that's going to be maybe a plot for the second movie, I guess, uh, where they talk about uh, or where they go to find where uh, Cersei's um, that uh, Faustus and Fassos. King, Fassos and uh, Kingo have been taken to. So that's that's going to be interesting uh, as far as uh, what they'll do with that. Because I wonder if you have to wonder if they they tease them there. Will they will they bring them back for something else? Obviously, Guardians potentially they could be um, teased or put into. In, in the Guardians movie, maybe. So that'll be interesting as far as what they do with, with those. And then the finally, we'll, we'll move into the last part of this Eternals conversation. Uh, where Dane Whitman is about to, like I said, touch the, the po- last postgrad scenes. I think he's... A, I, I was like, to my nod, it looks like he didn't actually touch the Ebony Blade. Like, it's like no, that score. He was about to touch it, and then he turns into... Which, which this, this, uh, which that the blade is what his he was about to tell his like Cersei his family secret, and his family secret is basically that he ha- he's a descendant of many people who who are the character called the Black Knight, and essentially the Ebony Blade, um, Excalibur, the different weapons like i think i think the ebony blades are what turns him into a black knight or maybe yeah. at least an mcu that's what they'll show and then as he's about to touch it you hear a voice saying are you sure you want are you sure you are ready to do that mr whitman or something like that um 
your thoughts you had found something out about who that voice was um if you want to get into uh that part yeah actually i have a, a funny story um so i saw this movie a couple weeks ago i think i saw it on opening night and um we're all everyone's watching at the theater and for the most part it was just a pretty chill uh, viewing of the theater wasn't incredibly full it was decent and we watched the movie all the way through and then the post credit scenes come through the first one and all of a sudden when you see pip the troll right you see pip first come in and i was like oh it's pip or you know whatever that's cool pip is here but i'm saying it to myself and then harry Styles walks in and then all i hear is star star fox and then Everyone in the theater turns around and looks at this guy. He's like all the way in the back yelling out, that's Star Fox, that's Thanos' brother. And me, I'm like laser focused in because I don't like, you know, I don't want to, I don't like joining in on stuff like that. It's like, I know right. someone's being annoying. So I'm just going to sit here and just try to focus them out. So he's just yelling his, his ear, you know, or everyone's ears off in the background and everyone's turning their heads to that. So the first credits scene goes through. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm thinking everything through, just like processing it all. Second sequence comes through, the ebony blade, and he's about to touch it. Oh, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you're ready for that? And then dude yells out, that's, uh, what'd he say? Oh, he said, that's the watcher. And I'm like, man, how many times are you going to be yelling out stuff? It's like, that's the watcher. Oh, my God, the watcher. And I'm like, okay, you know. So we get everyone gets out. No one else says anything, but everyone whips their head and, to look at this guy. And I'm, I'm walking out of the theater. I'm like, so that's the watcher. Yeah, they did say that there was going to be what if characters crossing over into the MCU. That would be, you know, makes sense that the watcher would be the first one, right? Like, okay, that's cool. And it did sound a whole lot like Jeffrey Wright. So. Like, mm, okay, that makes sense. And then when I get into the car and I start the engine, I'm like, I don't know, man. That doesn't, why Why would the watcher tell Dane Whitman to not touch the sword? Like, I get it, but like, I, I get it because it's like a, it's a big deal and it's a, it's a heavy burden and stuff like that. But why would the MCU choose Dane Whitman touching the sword to be the first time to introduce the watcher officially? Like, he's not that big deal of a character. Like if I was going to have the watcher show up, I'd have him show up with Iron Man or with Captain America or have him talk to Dr. Strange or even Spider-Man. Why would it be black Knight be the first person? Like that right. doesn't make any sense to me. Like right. I think that is not correct. So I, who I did, I didn't even want to do this, but when I got home that night, I went home and started Googling whose voice was that? Cause I know somebody would, you know, the internet would have figured it out by now, uh, even though it was literally the opening night and confirmed Chloe Zhao, the director of uh, Eternals confirmed that was the voice of Mahershala Ali. The, ca the character he's playing is blade so that it was a teaser for blade. So that was blade in that room with Dane Whitman telling him, are you sure you want to touch that sword right there? So that, and I was like, that makes a little bit more sense than um, the Watcher, in the very, very least. Like, I'm glad it's actually not the Watcher. Now, why it's Blade, that's a whole nother thing. And whether or not 
uh, is fully justified for it to be Blade or if it makes sense. I mean, it's the MCU. They can do whatever they want with telling stories. Um, but uh, I think it's good. I mean, we're going to get this Blade movie within the next few years. Uh, what they possibly might do with the Blade movie is expand on Black Knight there. Uh, or I don't know. What what do you think is going to happen in, uh, with, with this potential teaser crossover between these two characters? I, I think Blade is going to be introduced well before the movie, like he, before his solo movie. Like the kind of similar to the way they introduced uh, Black Panther into another main like i don't know if it's going to be the in, in one of these disney plus shows because i know disney plus and we're gonna we're gonna get into the slate of shows uh shortly here uh but i know disney plus is really trying to you know make their shows very important and, and it's going to be very much part of it is part of mcu the whole universe and what happens in the shows is important for the rest of the phases it's part of it's all connected them to the movies and the and and, and in general so the shows are part of phase four so or phase five if you will what whichever whenever they come out so i think he's going to be introduced before that i know in the comics um i i didn't know this before i was just trying to find more information out because I, I i know i know i've heard of black knight because because i know he was on the avengers um i didn't know a lot in depth about him um and i think so not not to backtrack here, but when he talks about his uncle, like you know, he's estranged with his uncle. His uncle is actually the Black Knight Two, who's a villain. Um, mm -hmm. And I think he goes there to to obviously talk to his uncle. And I'm assuming at that point is in, in the comics. Supposedly, he that he he he. Dane Whitman goes to his, his uncle, uh, Nathan Garrett, um, who's been wounded in a battle with Iron Man, I believe. And I don't know, it was like mortally wounded or whatever, but basically he, he confesses like, you know, I was this, we have this family history. Um, I need you to take on this mantle and redeem the bad stuff I've done. So then he eventually then becomes a black knight. I'm a little confused. So like I, I don't know if the I'm not 100 percent certain if the ebony blade gives him the powers or is just something passed on in general. It's, like if it's if the ebony won, blade, yeah. Is it okay? Because I don't know yeah. if it was something like if you die, then you automatically because it's like a, a, a it's kind of like a, a a curse, if you will, passed on to generation to generation to generation. So if mm -hmm. the one person dies, I think automatically then dane whitman becomes the black knight if you if you will or gets those whatever transferred to him um but yeah so basically dane whitman also has connection or the black knight has connection to his organization called the m i 13 it's like a british connect uh um like avengers maybe if you will like a team mm -hmm. Uh, and Blade is part of that team. So I, maybe there's some connection there. They're going to, I don't know if they're going to show up. In, and I, I think they're going to probably show up in one of these sh uh, shows that we're going to talk about. Um, but I think he's going to appear before, well before the, his movie comes out. Because there's just no way they tease him right now. 
and then make us wait three years before they show him again or something like that. So I definitely yeah, think yeah. he's going to appear. I think it's going to be similar to, like I said, T'Challa, where he he appeared in Civil War, what, like two years before uh, his solo movie? So, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure either way, but like just it's just those two characters crossing over is more interesting because I don't like I've never read Black Pan Black Knight or even Blake uh comics for what it's worth, but I have a working knowledge of of Blade more than I do of uh Black Knight at least. Um but in the very least Blade hunts vampires. Black Knight doesn't maybe no but um but he uses he uses like the uh, swords and stuff that he uses a mystical swords, blade, like because blade is supposed to be like the the dark mystic side of uh, of Marvel, right? Like they they so, can associate with each other is what I'm trying to say. It's not that they yeah. have this big huge history between uh, Midnight Suns, which is another uh, team of. Which they could be building to as well, especially with again Moon Knights coming and then Blade and I don't know if Morbius is really going to be involved in that sort of thing. But Doctor Strange and uh, Black Knight and you know other future characters that will be associated. Ghost Rider, I, I know that name's been tossed around a bit lately, um, the last couple of years, but nothing official. And um, other characters. That could be, you know, on the dark mystic side of things, and then the very least, uh, also there's Marvel zombies too. So there's, um, you know, there's that's not again. We're like we're getting into the part where not only we're getting very cosmic with Phase Four, but we're also getting more mystic and uh, with Blade, Marvel zombies, Ebony, you know, uh, the Ebony Blade, Black Black Knight. And Moon Knight and all those sorts of things. Werewolf by Night, which again we'll get into that. Um, that's another character associated there. Um, so Black Knight, I mean, in the very least, the sword has, like we've said, it has a curse, uh, and I believe, if I remember correctly, it's like a, a bloodlust. So if you use the sword and you spill blood with it, it just makes you want to do it more, and it has. Like, like you're just like going crazy. I think it's kind of like Athena in Eternals, where she just kind of goes crazy and, and tries to fight everyone. Um, there's another, I think it's called Warrior's Madness in the comics, where Thor has that sort of thing, where you just want to fight everyone and kick everyone's ass, right? Um, right. Sort of thing, uh, and it just takes over. So I think the Ebony Blade is similar in that regard. I'm not 100% sure on that, but. You know, you, the last thing you want is Black Knight using sword on civilians or just regular, even just regular criminals. But what if you use it against vampires? You got to kill those, right? And they have blood and zombies, technically, right? Like it would be fine if he did it in that in that way. And again, uh, this is still PG thirteen Marvel Disney stuff, so he's not going to be killing people at mass and blade is not going to be sucking you know blood out of people's necks and stuff like that they have to make it a way that makes sense where they can use their abilities and still be tied to this blood stuff but it not be killing a bunch of people so if it were uh, zombies or vampires that's okay right so uh, yeah 
Yeah, it'll be, like I said, I, I think obviously the connection is there. Like they, they are, they they do cross. I mean, technically everyone crosses paths in the Marvel universe, so it's not like we can really say like, oh, there's a connection there because yeah, they always every character connects somehow one way or another. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's there's some makes sense because like I said, the just the fact that they were on that team together, there could be something where they're related and they they'll probably be in a, something together. Obviously this is I, I don't think like especially who the actors are, like I don't think we're gonna like Dane Whitman for or played by um I forget his name. Uh Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington. Uh, that's the tip of my tongue. I just Kit Harrington's a pretty big actor as far as like a well known actor with Game of Thrones and you know he's I, I doubt he's going to be just introduced here and then we won't hear from him for another, what, like three years or something like that. So he's probably mm-hmm. going to be back in one of these shows or appear in, in something or another. Um, same, like I said, with Blade too. I, I just don't, I can't, it's hard for me to envision them not, intro, like them teasing Blade and then not having him appear in something else. But let's move on to our final uh, part uh, Disney announced a bunch of shows for uh, their Disney Plus streaming service, um, and I think there was other shows later announced too that I, I may have missed. Uh, one or two that I know these were like on on Disney Plus Day. These were announced, but I can't remember. I, did, did you? I don't know if it was like somebody a fan made, but did they, did they announce Daredevil? No. Okay, maybe it was fan made then. Somebody just a fan tried to like fake people out, I guess. So, so maybe they didn't. Because well, I'm, I'm, I'm. You remember, like we talked about, um, they're possibly throwing Daredevil in the Echo series, like having right. um, Kingpin and Daredevil show up there, but nothing officially announced because they haven't like announced Charlie Cox or uh, anybody coming back. But um, right. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll see if Charlie Cox appears in in Spider Man. Uh, that too. No, yep. No, no, we'll, we'll see. If, obviously, they were hush hushers. We'll see if it actually happens. But yeah, let's let's get into these shows. I think for 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 the most part, we just want to talk about like how what which three in our like that we're looking forward to the most of all of these. So I'll let you start uh, with your, for, for, with your three and why you are excited about them. Well, for me, it's really just one and then two other ones because you asked for three. Okay. <laughs> um, <Fair enough. laughs> I am legitimately only excited for X-Men 97. Like it's not that these other shows aren't good or interesting or anything. I'm just the number one X-Men fan. I am a humongous x-men fan in particular the x-men animated series from the 90s and this is the revival of that so this is supposed to be continuing the exact same story from that 90s animated series and it will just keep going so um that is incredibly exciting i was crying when i saw this as i was driving i was super happy about uh being able to um like I, I just watched it again, like a few months ago. Like I've, I've, 
I own this digitally. I illegally downloaded. I will admit that like years ago, <laughs> I have it on my hard drive back here. And then I have the DVDs. So that way I can legitimately say I actually own it. I have them sitting down here. <laughs> I have the DVDs and then I watched it on Disney um, plus and I'm just a humongous X-Men fan. They're by far the most meaningful uh, comic book series to me. And one of the most meaningful pop culture things to me personally. And it's all started with that animated series. Uh, even to this day, it's incredibly relevant. Like you can watch the first episode and be like, wow, the, like within five minutes, like watch five minutes of the first episode that came out in 92 or 93. And you're like, yeah, that's still happening today. That's exactly like to a T all the things that they're doing in that show is happening in real life to, to this day. And it's just incredible. Uh, like I absolutely am excited. They have the original showrunners are coming back as consultants for the show. Right. They have a lot of the voice cast for the original show is coming back. Like rogue is coming back. Uh, Wolverine is coming back to voice the character. Um, I believe I saw Gambit, the, the, the voice actor for Gambit's going to be coming back. Uh, unfortunately, the voice actor for Cyclops passed away last year, so yeah. he won't be coming back. So there will be new voice actors uh, as well, like uh, Jennifer Hale. If you don't know anything about her, she is one of those voice actresses that pretty much voice everything. Like if you if there's any your your favorite cartoons or video games or uh, like something like that. She's probably worked on it. Um, so she's going to be in there, I believe. I think it said Ray Chase, another name, going to be in there. So we just don't know what characters they're going to be voicing. Um, there's a lot of artists that I follow, that I've been following for years, that are actually working on the show. So I'm like, okay, it's in good hands because I trust their artwork. I, I trust their judgment. They are big fans. I know that their art style and i like this it feels like it's actually a really good revival for the show now for the, as far as anything else goes i am pretty you don't, you um, don't have to yeah. you don't have to tell the uh, no, 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 I'll, I'll quickly <laughs> mention i'll quickly mention because i did say when we were talking about what if in our previous podcast that right. my favorite episode was the marvel zombies episode so them actually and fully embracing it and giving it a whole show i'm pretty happy about that so i will see lots of zombie brains everywhere and then we get to see zombie for forms of all of our favorite characters which is always the exciting thing and then i have to say she hulk uh, a little bit more than moon knight but just like a, a hair just a hair just because i really like she hulk a little bit personally and i hope you know i can't wait to see what she fully looks like because we only get to see a little bit of a tease of uh, just like her legs and her arms and stuff um, hope I hope she's really big, and I hope that the show is really funny. Um, other than that, um, you know, Moon Knight is just like it's just right there. I think it has a lot of potential, um, but for me, uh, She Hulk is is way more um, my speed. Right. Uh, so I, I, the I hundred percent agree with you about X Men. I'm I'm really geeked out about that because they were teasing that. When they first started Disney Plus, they were teasing that they were going to revive uh, X Men, not reboot, but revive it. So I was like, "Wow, they're going to revive one of my like childhood, my adulthood all time favorite shows 
Like, mm-hmm. I still watch this. I still binge watch this. Every few months, I binge watch the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm very excited about that. And w- just the same way with you, that's what got me into X-Men as well. Like, obviously, I, I tell you a story about, you know, going to the library and checking out comic books. Um, but, you know, that was a gateway for me to get into X-Men. So I'm very excited about that. I'm I'm interested to see... Um, how how they I, I'm wondering because like I remember the final episode is basically Charles Xavier going to um to uh, a different uh, universe or world because he's he can't you know he's dying and the only way to uh, save him is through uh, was it to Shiar technology yeah Shiar comes and and yeah, yeah. Him up. and Shiar haven't been introduced I don't think they've been introduced to MCU yet but. Shiar basically is another race of um, of of beings. So, like, kind of they introduced um, uh, the Kree and the um, God. What is that? What's the Marvel? The Kree. That's the Kree. No Kree. No, um, but then then the scrolls. Scrolls. And yeah, Shatari. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've introduced those, and then, like I said, Shiar is another empire. Uh, and beings that obviously have uh, immense powers and things like that. But so it'll be interesting if they're going to, I wonder if they're going to start off from there or they're going to pretend like some of those episodes didn't happen. Right. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I'm wondering. Cause I, I think a lot of people wonder cause season five started off really good. Actually. I think yeah. the, the, they had the phalanx episodes at the beginning of season five and i love those episodes but then uh, a few episodes after that is when they actually changed the uh, the development right. team uh but even the intro is different the right. art style all of that stuff and so did the quality of the episodes go right. downward and it would be interesting if they just kind of just forget all of that happened and just go from like the phalanx going forward um but i think one of the most interesting things about this is that it's if you look at the logo it says marvel studios x-men 97 right everything that is made by marvel studios is mcu can so that means this is MCU can at least I take it that way. It's hard to say that this is going to be a separate universe where all the, you know, it's just animated. It doesn't if what if counts as MCU canon, right? And that's animated. Why wouldn't this? And it's made by the uh, Marvel Studios. Plus, does that mean that the prior seasons are also MCU canon because this is a continuation of that as well, which would be, I think, the most interesting part if that we've actually been watching technically the MCU since we were kids, if this if they pick up the whole series as canon for X-Men and the mutants within the MCU, I don't know how that would work, but that would be really, really cool if I if all of those episodes actually happened within the mcu and they are like they are official i i hope it's canon too this isn't me like it would be so cool like i like I, as long as they don't count the end of season five that that, that just don't do that please because it's bad but um yeah that would be super super dope 
and then going forward in the very least like if they don't regard like the previous episodes and it's just this series going forward hey we got mutants now and eventually we'll right. get our wolverine and get our live action Jean grays and our um uh, and another thing too before we uh move on is that um the original showrunners and all the voice cast but particularly the showrunners when they're at cons and stuff they always get asked and i would love to ask them the same question but they answer it like all the time if you could go back and add more characters who would you add like everyone asks them this question and they typically answer it the same way is that they actually never really read the comic books so they don't really know a whole lot of different um, x-men characters enough to just keep adding them um and that's why we got like that core group and they just kept that same group with beasts and so on. Um, and some teasers here and there, Psylocke, Angel, et cetera, et cetera. But they didn't keep adding to the team. We now have 30 years of extra comic books, but also 30 years of fans of that show that have been reading comic books and writing, doing art and stuff. So they are now at the position where they can add them themselves. So if there's people within that creative group that's been huge X-Men fans this whole time and said, we need Emma Frost on that team. We need Psylocke on that team. It's about time that Angel actually, and Iceman who appeared in one episode, actually be a part of the team and come back let's get polaris there let's actually make nightcrawler an official member let's get colossus out of russia and put him on the team and right. they can totally still you know because one thing about the x-men is, is that or the x-men show is that they did have a smaller team so they could focus and have like a, a rogue episode or an right. episode where it's just storm and wolverine or just a, a cyclops and gene episode and they made it really good for a small character focuses so i don't think they're going to make this roster like gigantic but it does give them the opportunity to say just like kind of the avengers where okay these characters are going to take a break they're not going to be on the team for this season. Here's a new set of characters that you know, they were, again, here's Psylocke, here's Colossus, here's Nightcrawler, and let's focus on them. Let's not focus on Rogue and Gambit. They're off a honeymooning somewhere. They're vacationing. Oh, she got depowered. Whatever. And now we have new characters that are in this universe that are within uh, the animated series and can interact with... Uh, wolverine still and and get around to apocalypse i hope apocalypse comes back i need to see that guy again um uh stuff like that like that's really ex that's the most exciting thing to me is that they could add more characters and then that it could be a part of the mcu right right so yeah definitely looking forward to that uh show um and then obviously spider-man i'm a huge spider-man fan so i'm i'm excited about them doing year one um i'm on i'm it'll be interesting to see how many like i'm guessing that they're only gonna do one season because it's year one like are they gonna like like milk year one into like three four seasons it'll be interesting how they go about that because it's gonna be it's that is right. gonna be separate obviously from i think mcu like it obviously is gonna it, it's gonna introduce some of the things but i'll be i so i'll say this like 
and you, when he first becomes Spider-Man, obviously he's. I wonder if they're gonna show some of like the old original uh, villains that he faced, like the yeah. Uh, I remember cool. uh, like uh, Montana, Fancy Dan, uh, the Enforcers. Yeah. Like, the Enforcers, cool. yeah, yeah. Like he had a lot of battle with those guys. Um, there was also smaller, like you know, um, I can't remember on top of my head. There's so many like little characters that he faced that weren't major villains. But he he came across them, so I think it'll be fun if they can do that, uh, because mm-hmm. those those like you know villains and, and and things that he faced. I wonder um, eventually if if when they bring the X uh, Fantastic Four and if you'll have because originally when uh, Spider Man first started, because obviously he was like a 14, 15 year old kid, and he would always get into like little, uh, you know, one-upmanships against with uh, Human Torch. Uh, so I wonder if they'll eventually bring the Human Torch into the animated series. Uh, that would be interesting. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they'll do with that. And then lastly, I, I, I myself, I'm excited about a couple of these different shows. Um, like She-Hulk, I'm definitely excited about. I'm excited about the Agatha Harkness because I'm interested to see how further they go with that especially connection with the Fantastic Four and um, obviously further going into Wanda and her powers when considering she more likely will be set, call, set come out as a mutant. Um, but I'm, I'm excited about Moon Knight. And the reason I'm excited about Moon Knight is because we were talking about Blade and the rumor that Blade will make, I think the rumor is that Blade will make his first appearance in Moon Knight, the show. Um, also the rumor is like Ethan Hawke is supposed to be in Moon Knight and mm-hmm. the rumor is he's going to be playing Dracula. So that right there, the connection mm-hmm. Moon, uh, Blade, one of his nemesis is Dracula. So, um, yeah, I think I'm excited about that, especially like I said, if Blade is going to be in Moon Knight, I don't know how much he's going to be in there. Maybe like oh, an appearance. But yeah, it's that show should be interesting. I know a lot of people don't know a lot about Moon Knight. I I don't know in depth about Moon Knight. I I, I know he's like one of the, um, like I said, the 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 dark characters of Marvel Universe. Um, so yeah, yeah, he has that's, a that's, a um, a lot of people will compare him to Batman, and I think right. that's kind he's a detective. of he's it's, a detective. It's, it's fair enough on the surface but he's way more um complex than batman he does have a lot of money but it's really more of one he actually has abilities batman does not have abilities um he gets his abilities from the moon god Tanshu, and i mean that's putting it a little loosely but for what it's worth he also has uh like a multiple personality disorder where he actually i mean there's mark specter is well, whether or not Mark Spector is the actual person is debatable. And then there's, um, I forget the names of the other ones, but there's like three main personalities. And then there's still Moon Knight. And there's like another actual personality that's like a newer one. Uh, but like one's like a taxi cab driver. And another one is like a really rich billionaire. And then one's just like an average guy, I guess the detective perhaps. And then there's moon knight so he is aware of his abilities and he tries to use them for good and save people but he's also very violent and 
uh, on the anti-hero side of things. And uh, yeah, like he struggles with these personalities and he doesn't really like if one personality is like uh, going through something like he has like children with a woman, like he's married with one of these personalities and then he might switch over in the middle of hanging out with his kids and to a different personality. He's like, who are you? I don't know. Like he doesn't, right. that's they're not his kids because that personality didn't have those children. It's like, it's that right. strong for him. So that's going to be super um, awesome to see that um, um, on film on, on TV. I'm right, like, right. I'm very interested in that. Right. So yeah, that's, those are my three. Um, but like, yeah, I just, I know a lot of people will have like strong feelings about MCU and comic book movies and they don't like them. But th those of us like you and me who are like always geeked out about these, I'm excited. Like I'm excited yeah. about all these characters being on screen and us hearing about the stories of these characters and seeing what, uh, what, you know, what flavor they'll add to, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's going to be exciting, in my opinion. But yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up here. Any any final thoughts that you might have? Um, what was I going to say? Um, just like real quick, just to go back to the Eternals. Um, just something I wanted to mention. I thought it was really fun because uh, she, Chloe, the director, said that uh, when she was shooting uh, Icarus scenes at like we already talked about it. He's, he's like associated like with the mythological Icarus flying too close to the sun. Um, and they threw in that shot. And also there's another shot of him flying out like towards, I believe it was towards Fastos, but he's like, the sun is directly behind him. So it's kind of like teasing that. And, but one of the things she did deliberately is that since his powers, are, I mean, they already talked about it, you're like Superman and like stuff. Uh, she deliberately shot, uh, Icarus in a way that you know because he has Superman like abilities to mirror that of Man of Steel Henry Cavill Superman the way he flew the way they shot him flying around the way the right. eye beams like just the direction the angles of uh, the camera the way that his eye beams actually worked the way he punched uh, all of the deviants and stuff uh, which, by the way, I believe the Deviants, uh, I, I meant to also say this, I hated them. I thought they were terrible. I thought uh, Pro, I believe his name, was a terrible villain. Like, it was just kind of <laughs> pointless. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I, they were kind of, like, just there. They weren't really, like, they were kind of more of a nuisance than the villains. The main villain, obviously, was... Kind of Icarus is in, in a sense because he yeah. was trying to Icarus and the, the emergence yeah. and that the uh, arm you know they were the they were they were the villains. Um, I think um, yeah. So th it's funny. I, I'm not not, not, not to wrap up it like in, in the comics. Thanos is a mixture of hu uh, eternal and deviant. That's why he's purple. Um, and that's why like he doesn't look like Eros. So. And that's why he's kind of evil as well, because he has a little deviant in him. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, yeah, so that, that's a wrap for today's show. Obviously, please uh, give us a follow. Uh, you can follow me at Science Fiction. Um, you, uh, you've seen us on, on the screen. And then obviously follow Carl at Ninja Chortle. Uh, please listen and tune into all different shows that we do have on the Barroom Network. 
I know there's some really big show coming on tomorrow at, for the Crosstown Crosstalk with Gavin Sheets. Uh, I know Joe and and uh, and uh, he's and them. They're gonna have a, a lot of a great episode there uh, that they they really got to have a fun conversation with them. So check that out tomorrow. And then obviously there's also various uh, Bulls podcasts. Uh, Pat, you know, not to not to push my own show, but Bulls Gold. Uh, and then obviously Bulls 101. You got obviously uh, various different Bears talks with Dan, Aldo, uh, and all the different diff- different conversations that they have. So check all that stuff out. And yeah, thanks for always tuning in, and we will see you next time. All right, peace out, guys.